Distance, the Scoop Slam Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Scoop Slam Podcast. We're back from Hayitis, and mm. we got an award show. We've got some stuff we've missed the past couple months. And before we get too far into it, I'm your host, Micah. Let me introduce my co-host. He lost his smile, but he found it. It's Ryan. Yo, Micah. It's been too long, buddy. Been like, what, two months now? Something like that. A lot of wrestling. Yeah, a lot of wrestling. Uh, but I'm ready to scoop, slam it, and uh, I put a bow on the mid-year award show that we got going on. I think it'll be a good one. You know, the award show's popping number. We're trying to do the same like old Tony Khan. Oh, the Scoopies. The mid-year mid, mid um, year Scoopies, right? We get we giving it the official tagline or the Scoopies just for the end of the year? I think mid-year Scoopies works. Mid-year Scoopies. Okay, okay. We can make yeah. it work. No official yeah. trophies, though. Those are only handed out at the end of the year. But these it's are just... trademark, though. Yeah. These are just our forecast... So far, card subject to change as always. Uh, but you know, a little into our heyitis, as I so put it many moons ago. Um, yeah, there's a lot of wrestling going on, <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. I assume if this is the only podcast you listen to, then you might have something wrong with you, but you probably are listening to us as well as other podcasts. Um, most of the podcasts I've listened to recently that re- review recent wrestling are burnt out. You can hear it in their voices. Either their yeah. recording schedules have moved. <laughs> so me and you being the. Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? You're the wise man. We're the smartest men in the room. Of course. I predicted this when Collision got announced and I kind of knew what was coming (laughs) so we took a couple months off to take a break brainstorm come up with a new plan we're still gonna review the wrestling we're not gonna do two episodes a week unless there's a pay-per-view and something crazy just happens Um, whoa 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 Whoa. ple oh okay you know p ppv from aw ple from wwe um (laughs) But so we may do two episodes those week, but most weeks we're just going to do one. We could always meet in the middle of the week. The weekends are hard to meet on because obviously, you know, unlike some of these people, we have real lives outside of this, you know, four walls of a recording studio, a virtual one at that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I work, you work. This is not our only yeah. job. We don't make any money off of this. <laughs> and, not a dime. No. you know. We got family, friends. You got women to chase. Yeah, bro, it's a part-time job at this point. I mean, well, you got three hours on Monday. I like to catch NXT sometimes. That's two hours on Tuesday. You got Dynamite on Wednesday. That's another two hours. Thursday, we got anything on Thursday? Impact, I'm, if I'm, you watch that, but I ain't watching it. Nobody's watching that. But uh, you got, okay, Friday, you got SmackDown, Rampage, if you want to catch that. Three hours. And then you, that's three hours on Friday. And then you got Saturday night, which is probably the best show of the week. But at that point, you done seen so much wrestling throughout the week. I can't catch it live, man. I'll catch it the next day or maybe a couple of days after that. It's, it's just a lot, of, a lot of wrestling to get through, man. I just get sick of it. Like, if I didn't work, I mean, that would be fine. But 
Uh, dude, if I sit down for three hours on Monday night and try and watch Raw, that's my whole yeah. night. That's all I get to yeah. do. So, yeah. and then like you said, by the end of the week, you're so burnt out. I don't, they could, you know, be throwing babies in the air on Collision. And like you said, it's my favorite show of the week, top to bottom, the most watchable show in my opinion. But it's Saturday night though. Yeah. Jeez, man. <laughs> like if you're like, us, we have Saturdays off. Or that's the last thing I want to do is watch wrestling on my off day. Mm-hmm. Especially when you watch it all throughout the week, and then you've been watching it. You've already watched seven hours by the time Collision comes on. Then you got to sit and watch another two on your off day. So yeah, uh, unless people feel generous enough and you love this podcast enough. I don't think that I'm going to be committing that amount of time to it. So we've got a new format to consume the product how we want to. We'll hit the high points. We're like the Young Bucks. We're all high spots. We'll we'll review the big moments. Uh, Once a week, we'll meet hour and a half, two-hour show and move on. Don't expect us to talk about Alpha Academy versus the Viking Raiders. We're not going to... We're not going to sit there and deep dive on that, but we might talk about the bloodline, uh, talk about one Field Brooks here and there, and just uh, run, we, will, we will get there and just run down the news pretty much for our only show of the week. And yeah, I just think that's going to work better. So definitely. I don't know. I mean, if if you have the time for that and you can watch all that wrestling, more power to you. But me... Hmm. And if you want us to, I can open up a Patreon. If you really love this podcast that much, (laughs) we need a market manager or something. Somebody to get us some cash flow rolling for 12 hours a week. Or have somebody edit this thing for free. Yeah. That'd be much appreciated. Or, yeah, I didn't even factor that into it, too. If you watch nine hours of wrestling, we got to meet and talk about it for two hours. So now we're up to 11. It usually takes me an hour to edit, put everything together, upload it, if not two hours, depending on the show and depending on how many things we got to fix. So now we're talking about 14, 15 hours altogether. And then um, there's a pay-per-view. Good God. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, We got to take the clips for TikTok and uh, don't we got an IG? Got an IG, right? Yeah, we got an IG. Got we okay. moved the numbers on IG. We got a video with 45k views. Oh, okay. All right. Like, share, subscribe to yeah. our uh, IG page, please. But yeah, man, it's just it's a lot, man. It's a lot of wrestling. So we're trying oh. to manage it. If if you hear my dog, he's drinking in the background. <laughs> Can you hear? No, nah, no. Nah, I mean, just I don't hear nobody. Oh. I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I would hope. Unless there's a third person that's called that I don't know about. <laughs> oh, yeah, Craig. Craig's here. Uh, yeah, Craig's here. He's helping us out. He's there. Well, speaking of returns, we got a big one that we missed and we're kind of waiting for because otherwise AEW is getting pretty dull to me. The <laughs> return of one Phil Brooks, as you mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, it's been about a month now. He debuted on the debut episode of, or he didn't debut. He returned on the debut episode of Collision, Saturday nights, seven to nine here Central. Um, but you know, I want to talk a little bit about it 
the first episode, we'll kind of break it down a little bit. Probably not going to hit a ton on the multi-man matches, obviously. Uh, the first episode, the initial promo, the little hits at the Bucks, uh, one true article in a field of counterfeit Bucks, I believe was the verbiage. Mm. He talked about, you know, I'm sorry that your favorite wrestlers are soft. And he basically just kind of did what CM Punk does. Where's the line of where is he lying? Where is he telling the truth? Where is reality? Where is the work? So I just want to get your thoughts on the initial promo. And then that night he followed it up with a match with CM Punk, FTR, and they fought the Bullet Club Gold and Samoa Joe. That was it. So what was your initial thoughts on the first episode of Collision? I mean, uh, you know, I thought I thought it was okay show. I feel uh, he cut a all right promo telling when he's telling lies. I it, it was it was fine. I just I don't know, man. His first month back, he's had a, a few okay matches, that one good promo just what was that week one? And then he um I don't know, man. I, Maybe it's too early to judge, but right now, if I'm grading it, I go maybe C, C, C plus maybe C. Yeah, what? Right, come on, man. We're judging. You know, I'm not a big Phil Brooks fan, but he is one of the the greats of this generation, and he's not putting his best foot forward on Saturday nights. I'm sorry, man. Ah, mm. uh, are you sure you're watching? Like, are you on TBS? Or I'm, like I'm USA Network. My t- <laughs> no, my TV works just fine. I, it's right there on the channel. Watching Saturday night AEW Collision. Saturday night's the night for fighting. That the Elton John song. Yeah, man, I'm I'm there. I'm watching it. But you think he's doing great stuff? I I think it's pretty average. It's on par. I think it's the best stuff in AEW currently. Well, okay. Oh, well. Yes, but if we're judging him by his past work, like we're going by 2012 CM Punk, you know, when he was at the apex of his powers, if we're comparing that to this, I mean, it's just okay. Well, it's for the, him. It's the first month. I'll give it a B plus. It's not really. Yeah. Okay. Look, I'm a big mark for Punk. If this is the first time you've listened to us, get to know me. If you've been listening to us, you probably know that by now. I really liked the first promo because it was classic CM Punk that he veiled, you know, is this truth? Is this work? Yeah. The the matches he's been in, uh, the first oh. one, multi-man match, really solid. Obviously, there's other factors in there. It's not just him the whole time. But I yeah. really like the first match. I like I think his, his I promo. Think his match with- yeah, his Kojima match was okay. I thought that was pretty good. Okay, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um, which we'll hit on that in a little bit. Um, no, man, I he's his promos have been good. I think this latest episode where he faced Samoa Joe, the promo at the start of the show... Oh, man. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't anything crazy. No, and the... I ain't gonna lie, man, that last show collision it just felt empty like it was only like a thousand people in the arena it didn't feel like it didn't feel major league you know 
Well, no disrespect to our Canucks out there, but uh, I had never heard of Hamilton, Ontario until oh, they were in this week. They were in Regina. Oh, Can yeah. We... <laughs> Can we say that Regina. on the show? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> um, but I mean, well, shoot, half the places they've been running up, I've heard of Saskatoon. Only from Brock Lesnar. That's the only reason I've ever heard of that place in my life. No disrespect to anybody from there, because I'm sure you ain't heard where I'm from either, because I live in... Oh. Never heard of Saskatoon, really? Not. Oh, Brett. That's what Brett beat Ric Flair for the world title. His first world title. I didn't know that. Oh, Saskatoon. I mean, we're slightly on the map for Dothan. If you like sure. Continental, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> But anyways, we're on a tangent. I think Punk's work has been pretty solid thus far. I've enjoyed it, but maybe, I mean, at the same time, I'm sure I'm a little biased just because he's, to me, the best thing about AEW. He's the reason I got into AEW and kind of came back to wrestling to a point. And to me, Dynamite, is really lacking without him and FTR. Yeah. I've really yeah. even liked Bullet Club Gold a lot, and I wasn't high on them initially. Yeah, I'm more of a Juice fan, personally, than, uh, you know, the greatest heel of all time, Jay White. <laughs> yeah, I um, can I say something? Go ahead. Bro, I feel like they're leaving a lot of money on the table by just completely cooling off that Young Bucks Kenny Omega, CM Punk, beef. Well, I guess this can segue into one of the topics that I was going to talk about. We didn't really touch on that. I uh, Was it Sports Illustrated? or No, no, no it was an ESPN article that came out that oh, he man. said that he reached out to, you know, try and start something, rebuild the bridge, and they don't want to. He's getting contacted by lawyers easy for me to say, uh, that they don't want anything to do with them. Don't text me. Don't hit me up. And at Forbidden Door, it came out because Punk was there fighting Kojima, as you said, and obviously Kenny, you know, about died. So, <laughs> well, we'll get there later. Um, and they were on separate ends of the building. So that can't be true. You don't you buy so? that. I, bro, part of me thinks that this is, maybe they're embellishing, because there's no way, man. I mean, do they have separate locker rooms? I'm sure Punk and the Bucks get their own locker room, because Punk's a big star. Well, obviously he gets his own locker room, because when they fought, it was Punk's locker room. And it was only oh, okay, his locker yeah. room. Uh, yeah, I'm sure true. Kenny and the Bucks get theirs because they're EVPs. So, bro, do we start to blame Tony Khan for this? Because oh. he could squash this. He could squash this. Yeah, he could. He ain't, but he could. Just say, okay, if you're not gonna work together, go home. I'm not gonna pay you. Yep. Especially to be high-ranking. It. This is taking Punk's word for truth. If he is trying to get up with them and work this out and they're not as high-ranking officials of a company, then it's time to either be demoted or, you know, you're just going to have to put your big boy britches on and get over it. 
Cause yeah, man. They're acting like it's a high school. Did you hear about that little backstage altercation that happened on Monday? Yeah. So there was it got squashed almost immediately, and everything's back to normal. I guarantee Judgment Day, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens are all going to be working in the same building next week in the same locker room, and nobody is going to think twice about it. Why can't that happen at AEW? Because I guess they feel like it's their company, so they can do what they want to, and if they don't want to interact with somebody, they ain't got to. But, I mean, me and, not to, you know, put our personal lives out there, me and you have both worked at Walmart at one point in our life. Yeah. You, personally, I never got aggravated with you. I don't know if you ever got aggravated with me, but we got aggravated at people throughout the day. Somebody pissed you off because, they, you know, they're not dispensing an order quick enough or picking or, uh, you know, somebody messed up something in the back room, somebody gets something wrong in their car, and you let it go. It, you'll yeah. be pissed in the moment, and then the next day it's like, okay. Like, I argued with people and got mad at Walmart, and do I associate with those people outside of work? No. But did I work with them and things were okay? Yeah. Cause that's how it's yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. And bro, this is the this is the wrestling business. Like I mean, if Edge, Matt Hardy, <laughs> and Lita can all work together after all that drama back in 2005, then these guys can put aside some it wasn't even a big deal, really, man. No. Like, <laughs> Draymond punched Jordan Poole. Yeah, they worked a whole season together. Now, obviously, he got traded now, but they still played 82 games of basketball together, plus more during the playoffs. Can we trade Kenny Omega? <laughs> yeah, send him. I'm fine with. No, no, no. Y'all get the bucks. We <laughs> no, whoa, keep Kenny. Well, we we do not want him. You can send him the GCW all you want, but mm, New Japan for you. But anyways, all in all, I've enjoyed Punk's return. The match with Samoa Joe I thought was nice. Uh, all the multi-man stuff has been good. Who did he face? I know he fought Kojima. No, no, no. The next round was Joe. So I've enjoyed all of his matches. His work's been good. I think we need to wait for him to get into an actual feud to like really yeah. judge him. But Yeah. So you're giving it a B? Yeah, I give it a B. So far. I'm giving it an incomplete. Okay, I can understand that. And this weekend, he fights Ricky Starks for the uh, Owen Cup Finals on Collision. So, could be good. Let me ask you one thing, and we'll move on to the next. You oh, think Punk turns heel? No. You nah, think he man, wins? I, no. I think Joe and Punk are uh, going to continue there. Because they left the door open for a rematch, bro. He choked him out on Saturday. So I think that's where his uh, feud is going to... I think they have one more match. at uh, What's the next pay-per-view? Uh, all in. Was that September? Mm, late August. That's not the Wembley show, right? Yeah, it is. Okay, so the first one is the Wembley show. Mm -hmm. First one is the Wembley show. It's late August. The next one is in Chicago. All out. Yeah. Which is crazy that they're doing a pay-per-view the next week. But back to back. I digress. But yeah, man, I, 
I think uh Joe would be his uh his opponent going into that Wembley show. Uh because bro, so that's a month away. He wouldn't have any time to build up a like a, a challenger in, in a month or a program in a month. I think the Samoa Joe and CM Punk stuff has got the history behind it. They could play some ROH highlights. Joe did choke him out last Saturday. So, you know, CM Punk has a reason to be angry at Samoa Joe. Yeah, I mean, I think this goes on for another month. I don't think CM Punk turns heel yet. I could see it. I had fantasy booked in my mind, maybe him screwing Ricky, cheating. Oh, oh. <laughs> you fantasized? <laughs> all, all the words that just made up that sentence were not good. Don't cut that out. <laughs> Anyways, Ricky. Dadgummit. I guess. <laughs> Punk. <laughs> Is going to cost Ricky in a heelish fashion, and maybe it rides that line of like, is he face? Is he heel? And then I thought they would segue with this whole what's in the bag thing that he's doing against MJF. However, yeah, MJF is a heel, but he's doing this program yeah. with Cole. So does he turn baby face? Which I don't like, by the way. What kind of? I'm kind of into it. I don't like that it's comedy, man. I, I don't know. I like the segment they did tonight. I skimmed through like the first 30 minutes of Dynamite. And they they did a nice segment. I, I would say go watch it. Um, I see your point. Yeah. But MJF stuff is always good regardless. So I don't know. But your Joe Punk feud going to Wembley does kind of make sense because they could do a big, uh, you know, Iron Man match stipulation or something like that. Maybe like a thirty, Jesus not a, not an hour, not yeah. an hour. Oh my god! Are we sure Joe can do that now? Mm. Well, he looked good Saturday night. Yeah, he, that was his. That was probably my favorite match of his since uh, probably that match he had with Brock Lesnar at Great Balls of Fire in twenty. 17, I think that was. That's high praise. I like the one he had with Darby a couple months ago, but that was also oh, yeah, because like Darby that. can bump around like nobody's business. Yeah, you're right. I did like that. Well, I forgot all about that. Yeah, because they had they had the first match, which was really good, that I think Joe beat him, and then they came back and did like a hardcore match or Falls Count Anywhere or whatever. It was really good. I mean, obviously they had a bunch of, you know, stuff everywhere, but And Darby I, had a he had a good match with Brody Brody King. Mm-hmm. Another yeah, he had a good match with him. Yeah, man, Darby works well with the big the bigger dudes. It's he's a very good underdog babyface. So I really like Darby. I wish they would kind of do a little more with him instead of teaming him with old Cassidy right now, but mm. We'll see where, you know, it takes us. But speaking of moving on, we're moving on to uh, just another thing we've kind of missed. We've already touched on it a little bit, so we won't spend a whole lot of time on it. The debut of AEW Collision on Saturday nights. I really like the theme song to start out. It's different, but I, I don't know. It kind of, it fits with it the fits. show. Yeah, it fits. But overall... 
there's a couple things I want to talk about. And obviously we just heard the news that SmackDown did the insane rating of three mil uh, during the bloodline stuff. Yeah. Number one on cable. Maybe uh, that would be the first time that wrestling was ever first time on cable. And I think it was, wasn't it number one on television period? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I think that's the first time ever. So I don't know. And well, let me say this and then I'll counter what I'm about to say. The ratings on a Saturday night, obviously they started kind of high. I think it was 800 maybe or 900. The second episode dipped a little bit. No, no, no. The sec- yeah, the second episode dipped a little bit. The third episode was low. I think it was 450. And this but, next one I think came back. But, but that third one was taped as well. That's true. And the card had no punk in the main event. The main event was Joe versus Roddy, which was a good match. Holiday weekend, too. Holiday weekend. We got to factor these things in. But last week they came back, I think, I want to say they had around 580. Is that right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. It was was, uh, pretty solid, man. I thought they were going to go lower, but I think that's where they're going to average about 600, 580, something like that. So... What do you think? You think that's the end goal? If you're a Warner exec, five to six, maybe seven on a big show? Yeah, it's got to be doing better than what they were. They're probably just playing reruns of old movies on that time slot before AEW got there. So, yeah, man, I, I would assume that the Warner Brothers execs would be happy with that number. And truthfully, man, I I don't think they needed a Another two hours, me personally, but six hundred thousand ain't nothing to you know turn your nose up at. That's pretty pretty darn solid for a beat show. And let me just say this, and I know it's gonna sound like I'm scapegoating or whatever for oh putting your cape on for AEW, huh? Ah, here we go. (laughs) Ratings do matter to a point, but I think that. 600,000 today is a lot different than 600,000 in 2008 or 2009 when cable viewership is at an all-time low. Yeah. Like you said, I think that if they can float around that number, especially on a Saturday night, that's probably what they're looking for. I imagine a rerun would probably grab three to 400,000 on a Saturday night. But... And it... And it's first-run television that they don't have to pay any money to produce. So I'm sure they're happy with that. And it's... uh, It's... Sports. That got my mind completely went (laughs) blank. And (laughs) network shows love sports. Network shows. Network channels love sports. Live sports especially. It's the only thing that's still a draw in this day and age, man. Yeah. It's if you look across the board, like the top shows are always basketball, hockey, football, football. baseball. Yeah. yeah. Bro, if you just look at the top 100 most watched things for the last year, I'm sure 90% of it is probably uh, sports or um, news. I guarantee it. That's the only reason that I have 
uh, cable, which I don't have yeah. cable. I have Hulu Live, but, you know, same thing. Uh, I don't watch TV. I watch sports, and, like, I watch some of the old shows. Like, I'm a big How I Met Your Mother fan. I'll go back and watch that on Hulu, but it ain't live. <laughs> I couldn't tell you the last live TV show that was not wrestling. Yeah. Something related to wrestling, like Dark Side of the Ring, in years. Bro, if somebody pointed a gun to your head and asked you to name five television shows currently that is airing every week, you think you could answer that question? Uh, <laughs> Just go ahead and pull the trigger for me, man. I don't know. Keeping up with the Young, Kardashians? Young Rock still come on? Nope, got canceled. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. I'm getting taken out, man. South Park, Family Guy. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. American Dad? Is that still? Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. remaking Futurama. There you go. I think that's, isn't that exclusive to like Hulu or something? Ah, uh, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. I'll take, I'll take the nine mil. Oh, man. <laughs> but I do want to say something. We got low viewership on this podcast, but Jonathan Whoa. Coachman. Come on now. Well, building. We're true to our audience. Jonathan Coachman posted something that pisses me off. He oh. said that wrestling shows have never drawn on Saturday nights. They tried it in WWE and it never worked. Do you not understand that like wrestling existed before 1999 and that wrestling existed outside of WWE? Like WCW had Saturday night for years. Wrestling in the territories was primarily on Saturday nights. So I understand I get what the he, point. Yeah, I get what he's saying though. He's saying like in today's age, but to say wrestling has never drawn on Saturday night, that's you're just blatantly lying. Do you know uh WWE's highest audience of all time was on Saturday night, Saturday night's main event? Yeah. They did like 30 they did 33 million for Andre and Hogan rematch. Oh my god. Yeah. But to be fair, that was on NBC and there was only like there wasn't a lot of channels back then. Yeah, there was like 12 channels. Yeah. Still though, 33 million people, that's insane. That's crazy. And still and still not number 1 on cable. No, it wasn't because I mean there was a lot more people watching television back then as, as well, so you had a Larger audience to uh, draw from. Well, you got to think in the 80s. And now phones are real game yeah. systems. Uh, the only entertainment yeah. they had was a TV. Yeah. So it's just a new day and age. And cable's too expensive. And a lot of people only want to watch sports. So I don't know. Saturday's probably not a great day. But I think they can make it work. Um, I do want to, lastly, on the topic of AEW Collision... The overall product, very different from Dynamite. In my personal opinion, I think, and I want to say some of this has been confirmed, that Punk is helping with the booking or he's formatting some of the stuff on Collision. So, in my mind, I think that's got to be helping. Um, yeah. But what do you think about the overall product? Because in my opinion, top to bottom, seven 
7 p.m. when you start that show to 9 p.m. when the show closes. It is the most watchable, no skip, not like, okay, I can look at my phone right now, show on TV right now, wrestling show. Yeah, man, it, it's not in, as insulting as the show they do on Wednesdays because, I don't know, man, the show they do on Wednesdays is kind of, they laugh at everything. Uh, they have uh, comedy segments like the MJF, Adam Cole stuff, which some people like, but I just don't. I don't know, man. Just some of that stuff that air on Wednesdays kind of feels like their version of Monday Night Raw comedy, and I just, I'm just not a fan of it. Uh, the stuff they do on Saturday is fine. It's a it's a wrestling show. There's not a lot of storylines yet, so I'll give it some time to cook. But so far, so good, man. You can't really complain about the in-ring. It's solid. Just uh, my only nitpick would just be, you know, a little more storyline based stuff and quit with the rematches of FTR and the Bang Bang Boys. I'm not a fan of that. But they wrestle every week, man. You notice that they wrestled four times in the last five weeks. Yeah, but I think they're blowing it off this weekend. I hope so. You dog street profits and Usos for running that into the ground. But you can tolerate the six million rematches, the the uh, FTR and Juice and his little buddy Jay White have done the last five weeks. You can overlook that, but not Street Profits, huh? Well, the first week it was a six man. The second week it was eight man. They didn't fight at all the third week. And the fourth week they had probably one of the best TV matches of the year. So, I mean, I don't and know. They, have, they, they got a rematch. <laughs> they got a rematch on Saturday. Though. Well, two out of three falls. I'm looking forward to it. So would that count for five matches in the last five weeks? They got two out of three falls? No. Nah, come on, now. You're just nitpicking. I'm just saying. But anyways, I I think the storylines will come with time. I really like that they're showcasing some of the other guys. Bullet Club Gold, Powerhouse Hobbs, uh, Starks. I don't care Keep for Jer- Scorpio Sky. Keep Jericho up there, show. God, yeah. I Keep him off any show. Personally. <laughs> Send it back to New Japan. Oh, um, there was somebody else I was going to say that. I, oh, Miro. Yeah. Yeah. Andrade is okay. Uh, not a fan, man. I just, I understand he's a great wrestler, but you could, there's always going to be a ceiling for guys like that. And I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to come off as racist here, but, you know, man, his English isn't the best. It can only take you so far if you are cutting your own promos and you can't speak English, you know? Well, I don't think you're being any kind of way. I mean, it's just... <laughs> well, it's honest. Like, if I... Yeah. I mean, I don't know. If you took CM Punk and put him in AAA, does he have the same kind of effect there? No, because he can't speak Spanish. So it's hard for a Spanish wrestler who doesn't speak English as well as, you know, maybe like a Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero, who are also of Hispanic descent, but can cut an English promo. It's just hard to get over if I can't understand you. And he can speak English, but when he does, it just sounds like he's reading from a script. And I I hate that. I hate when it sounds like you got a prepared written statement of your promo. The best thing I've heard... And I'm not sure who said it is that he 
almost sounds like he's faking. Come he's on, like making fun <laughs> of somebody who speaks broken English. Oh man! <laughs> and you know what? They had him a manager. They when he first got there, he had. I think it was, wasn't it Vicky. It was Vicky, Vicky originally, and then he had Chavo. Yep. And then uh, he went to Jose. Mm-hmm. Is that Jose next? What happened to Jose? I don't know. I ain't never heard him <laughs> got a good promo though. So I didn't keep Chavo. Chavo, I mean, he's no master well, of the mic, but he can cut a decent well, promo. Tony Khan left him on red, man. You remember that story? Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, moving on to our last little, you know, return topic. Obviously, we kind of hinted on it. The bloodline <laughs> segment from this past Friday and just everything that they're doing over there. More merch than ever before. Uh, Ticket sales through the roof. And honestly, I'll say it. I texted you this yesterday. I think wrestling is in probably another boom period or in the beginning stages of one. Maybe a light boom, if you want to call it that. We ran down at the top of the show. There's like nine hours of ten or no. Nine to ten, maybe eleven hours of wrestling every week. Yeah, that's not been you know since two thousand one. Meltzer put out a report that this is the most like traction they've had since two thousand one. So I think there's something to be said for that. Obviously, this all falls on the shoulders of the Bloodline. It's the hottest storyline in wrestling, and I mean, is anything else getting forty minutes? No. And, Michael, you're not even... That's not even the best part, man. They're up year over year, which has not happened in WWE in... I want to say they were up from... I think 2000 did higher ratings than 99, but that was the last time they were up year over year. And maybe that's... And maybe that's because, you know, they dropped so many viewers over the last 20 years or so. But still, man, they built more people. They built a larger audience over the last year. And we were just dogging television like people don't consume TV like it used to. What other television show has been up year over year compared to last year? It's not a lot, man. Very few or just sports. Yeah, very few. But WWE's doing it. And it's hard to argue, man. I mean, the numbers don't lie. Uh, they're one of their hottest points at this point, which is crazy to say, man. But we're technically in a boom period for WWE. And it, it almost, I don't know if it's because I'm living through it, but it doesn't yeah. feel like it. Like, I don't, I guess I don't see any more wrestling shirts in public than I used to. I don't. Yeah hear people talking about it in a casual basis more than I used to. But bro, the children they are growing up on this, I'm sure they're gonna speak praises on it in about five, ten years. And I think that a lot of people I've had people that I went to school with, you know, that I grew up 
talking about wrestling with who have texted me, hey, what what's going on with the bloodline? Or like, hey, I just watched WrestleMania. I'm you know, I'm pissed Cody lost. I gotta watch Monday to see what happened. So I mean, I guess we are in another boom period, even though you wouldn't think it, I guess to me at least, but when you look at the numbers, I mean AEW's despite, you know, all this kind of glazing we're doing on WWE, uh, they've done 75000 for a show across the world that they don't even have, like, main television in. They're 6000 away from the all-time gate. That's an insane stat. So, I mean, crazy, here we man. are. It's crazy. I, you know, I feel like AEW is probably at its coldest point but it's worth i mean it's worth bragging about that you're gonna put eighty thousand people in a stadium with no matches announced that's pretty i mean you get pat yourself on the back for that and i do agree to me it kind of feels cold but i think aw has brought a lot of people back just the fact that there's something else to watch. It's not just WWE on a main stage. So. And another thing, Micah, you know, people going back to the bloodline, people dog, you know, sports entertainment, you know, uh, uh, the, the talking is too much, but you look at that SmackDown that they aired last Friday, the first 30 minutes was talking. And then the last 20 minutes, was talking nobody complained the crowd was locked in loud all night it just goes to show man that you know you can put on seven star classics in the tokyo dome all you want but what's gonna draw what's gonna draw the most eyeballs it's just good story storylines man that you took the words right out of my mouth because that's you don't watch Game of Thrones for the fight scenes. You don't watch I mean any TV show ever. You might watch UFC for just the fighting. But for wrestling, it's built on storylines. You care about Dusty Rhodes because every time he's about to get that title, he loses. You care about Sting because every time he's about to get that title, Ric Flair cuts him off. You care about the NWO because they constantly beat up your favorite wrestlers and you have to be glued to your TV to see if somebody can get the one up on them. You care about Stone Cold Steve Austin because he's a rebel and you you've got to you have to be glued to your TV to see what Stone Cold's going to do this week cuz it's always something better. Yeah. The yeah. business is built on stories. It's not built on crazy matches. No. And people online will be like, I swear wrestling fans hate wrestling more than anything. They just want to hear people talk. It's not like that. It's the fact <laughs> that I don't want to see two guys fight for 35 minutes with no story. I want to be invested. Yeah. You can see great matches anywhere, man. Yep. Go. I mean, shoot. There's local promotions here that I'm sure have good matches. Or, yeah. you know, GCW, New Japan, Impact, wherever you want to go. Sure, they all look cool and they all do the same moves, but until I can really sink my teeth into a character or, you know, 
something driving this feud. Why? What? What can I think of off the top of my head? I've got. I'm invested in this character of Jon Snow. I hate that he left Winterfell and went to the Wall. I've got to see him defend this wall. I've got to see how, you know, he beats his next stumbling block. I always go back to Game of Thrones just because it's kind of on my mind and there's the book sitting right in front of me, but (laughs) it's like one of the greatest shows of all time. So the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Yeah. You got it, man. It's right there. You, you said it, you said it, man. (laughs) Anyways, off the little tangent, uh, the Bloodline segment from this Friday night, the Tribal Court uh, for Roman Reigns. Obviously, we missed all the stuff, but the Usos have turned on Roman. This 40 minutes, but it was insane. Uh, Roman trying to give the lay to Jay. That rhymed. Uh, He, (laughs) I mean, tears running down his face. Then it was like, Solo wants it. I just... What else can you say about the bloodline? At this point, it's prob it's in rarefied air of being one of the greatest WWE storylines of all time. I know it sounds like we're glazing, but like <laughs> I mean it's just honest. Again, yeah. It's a pivotal point in why wrestling is up right now. Yeah. Cause if you look at the rest rest of SmackDown, man, yeah, it's it ain't got nothing on the bloodline, man. It's not even in the same ballpark. And you can the, you can tell with the quarter hours too. The people they oh, watch yeah. that, they leave, and then they come back by the end to see, okay, what's happening with the bloodline, bro? Because there's really not much else going on on SmackDown. Like, there's no Bray. Bobby's been missing. Uh, Edge just came back. It's just a lot of guys missing, and then. The stuff that's happening, you're not like theory is treated like a. I don't know, man. That that Cena match did him no favors. Like, he still feels ice cold to me. He, I don't know. He can't get. I don't want to say he's like tripping over his own feet or. They don't give him anything. Yeah. But it I, something's just not clicking with him to me. He needs. I think he needs to go away. For Dang. a little bit, not 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 permanently. <laughs> oh, man. Just, you think Grace, you think Grace and Waller being on that show is going to hurt him? Theory, yeah. There, and then you got La La Knight has just passed him in popularity, and he wasn't even on the show last week. He was in a daggum dark segment before the show started. They aired it on YouTube. And it got more views than anything else from SmackDown, aside from the Bloodline stuff. Everybody, everybody loves LA Knight, man. <laughs> That's what he says. Uh, he's he's right. It's his game, man. I, and you know what, Kevin Nash, you're wrong. I hate to tell you. Screw, screw you, Kevin Nash. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I met <laughs> the guy. He's nice. Well, he's wrong on this. Yeah, he, I don't know. Even if he is Stone Cold in The Rock and he's just stealing from him, they ain't around. Nobody, yeah. he's not word for word copying. He's just grabbing inspiration. Yeah, Ric Flair stole from the original Nature Boy and Hulk Hogan stole from Billy Graham. So, I mean, you know, it's wrestling, man. People steal stuff from other people. It's not a big deal. We'll as long as he's not a complete... 
As long as it's not a complete ripoff, though. Yeah, like Gilbert. Or like Shark Boy doing the Steve Austin impression. <laughs> hey, you know, that was over in this household. Oh, I yeah, like man, Shark them... Boy. <laughs> hey, I, I loved it as a kid. It was stupid, but I don't know. I don't know. It worked for me. Normally, I don't like that kind of stuff, but maybe it was just because I was a kid and I was like, oh, well, you know, he's oh, all right. You didn't think it was stupid when he woke up in a fish tank and from his coma and he thought he was Steve Austin. <laughs> it was still real to me then. I thought it, <laughs> thought it was a fish. No, no, yeah. I'm just playing. Um, but yeah, I mean, where do you think they're going? Obviously, SummerSlam's coming up next. We will be in attendance for the New Orleans show, so... Yeah. I have some exclusive stuff. We got to plan that out, see what we can do. But uh, we'll be at the New Orleans show, which is two weeks before SummerSlam. Where do you think they're going with this? Uh, I feel like Roman is going to beat Jey Uso. There's not a snowball's chance in hell that Jey Uso beats Roman Reigns for the title. Uh, I feel like the next logical step would be to have solo and Roman feud, right? But do you think they they bring it up that early? Because like then, uh, maybe I could see that around Survivor Series or Royal Rumble as we get closer. Because then it kind of leaves Roman wide open for Cody, which we think will be the eventual person to take him down. But I mean, they still got a whole half a year to get to Mania. Yeah. Uh, I can see him feuding with like Bobby coming out of SummerSlam because Bobby has been missing and he's working on the house shows, so he's healthy. Oh, and Roman okay. hasn't faith. Actually, Bobby pinned Roman in 2018 when he came back. So I mean, that could play. And he's like one of the only guys that's beat Roman Reigns clean, like no outside interference, nothing. He speared him and he pinned him one, two, three. So I mean, he still has. That to bring up Bobby does. You can bring that up to Roman. Uh, I can see them feuding. AJ is had a feud with Karrion Cross, and both guys are cold, colder than ice right now. But they can always heat up AJ, man. The fans love AJ Styles. They can run it back. They haven't wrestled in about seven years, which is crazy to think about. But they had some great matches in 2016. They can run that back. Uh, you know, Roman has challengers on SmackDown. It's not. You know, it's not like the cupboard is bare, but yeah, it wasn't like how it was a couple of months ago when we were kind of looking around like, who in God's name is going to challenge Roman after Cody? Oh, and Bray? That's... If Bray ever gets cleared. I was about to ask you about that because didn't the Fiend hand one of Br- or hand Roman one of his last couple losses? The last world champion was the Fiend. Okay, there we go. I was about to say. Yeah, because you know more about, you're better at the history than me, especially the more recent stuff. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I could see that. I, I'm yeah. not big Bray never on got Bray. his rematch. He never got his rematch, though, for losing. Well, so there's a couple ways they could go. I think I don't think Solo turns yet, maybe at Royal Rumble or something like that, so they can heat that up going into Mania, get Cody his eventual shot. And then we'll go from there. Uh, but, I mean, it's just crazy. This is one of the things that we're living in an era where people 
make plans Friday night to be in front of their TV because they have to see live what's happening. Yeah. And if you told me, I think you said this, so I'm going to steal it. If you told me a couple years ago that I would want to drive five hours because Roman Reigns is going to be on a show, heck no. Mm-mm. What you smoking, man? Ain't no way. <laughs> Who else but, is on the show? I would ask. I mean, he's <laughs> he's the biggest star in the world right now, and we got a couple more questions we're going to pose about him in the coming weeks, but... Alas, it's time. Roll out the carpet. Play the trumpets. I don't have the soundboard with me today. Yeah, we ain't got nothing. (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) But, you know, close your eyes and imagine trumpets and imagine a red carpet because it's time for the mid-year scoopies. We got a couple categories. I think we kind of toned down on the worst stuff because we're going to wait till the end to do all that because we don't want to, you know, throw tomatoes at somebody right now yeah. but there's a we couple will. negatives yeah we will though oh Thanks. yeah we'll get there we always look into throwing negative nah we talked about the good stuff <laughs> on here we talked about good stuff today we'll see how how far we get especially next week but uh mm-hmm. starting us off with the mid-year scoopies the biggest surprise of the year and there was a couple I had here, two or three that I went between, but I got one big one that I was surefire had to be my answer. But I'm going to let you go first. So for the biggest surprise, what you got? You know, man, you can go with a lot of a lot of stuff here. At first, initially, I put AEW sales 70,000 tickets with no matches announced at Wembley Stadium. I I did have that, but then I thought to myself, wait a minute. There was something even bigger that happened this year. Micah, WWE has sold to Endeavor and got absorbed by the UFC. Oh, my God. Yeah, (laughs) that happened this year, man. That didn't even make my honorable mention. (laughs) Jeez. Bro, when it it happened, you know, that's a huge surprise to me because I thought – the McMahon family wouldn't own the WWE forever. I thought that they would eventually sell to maybe NBC or something. I had no, if I looked at my crystal ball, man, I saw that I would have thought something was wrong, man, because they sold it for almost $9 billion, which is more than any NBA team has been sold for, or any NFL team has been sold for WWE. And Vince McMahon came back out of nowhere, made a surprise return, and sold the company. Sell him all along. <laughs> yeah, there it is. And he came out with a mustache, too. So. Oh, God. Vincenzo. <laughs> you know... Yeah, man, that's, that's what I got, man. I probably should change my answer, because that's, that's probably the real one. Because like you said, I never in a million years would have thought they got sold, especially to UFC, because they've always slightly viewed them as a uh, competition. They sold more for like, they sold more. WWE sold more than UFC did. I think UFC got sold for about 4 billion. Yeah. But WWE almost did twice as much in their sale. Just crazy and, to think about. And like Vince is still chain of command, but Vince is not at the same time. Like he's not the top dog in that company scheme. 
Mm-mm. That's insane to think about. As Crazy. for my initial answer, I had to think back to the one moment that I, I just kind of stood there in shock and just kind of, you know, mouth wide open. I dropped my phone on the ground. Oh. Cody Rhodes losing at WrestleMania. <laughs> this what we had if you go back and listen to our show, we had a surefire lock. I was like, there's no way Cody's losing that mania, right? And we were like, yeah, I mean that what would what else would they do? <laughs> well Well they <laughs> he lost. Yeah, he did. It wasn't clean, but he lost. He did lose. I mean, I there's not a lot to say. They are trying to make this go to next year's WrestleMania. You're more into it than me. I Maybe it's because I see the writing on the wall. I don't know. But I called you that night, and we talked for about 30 minutes because I was shocked. I had people texting me. Yeah. Did they really do that? I was like, I guess. I looked at my wife, and I was like, there's no way. As soon as Solo came in there, and I think, what did he do, hit him or something, and the ref was turned around, I was like, there's no way. They're not going to do it. Sure they enough, did. they did. <laughs> yep. Got pinned. Honorable mentions. Uh, John Cena, Money in the Bank. That was just kind of... That was weird. Yeah. It was a surprise, <laughs> though. I don't know if yeah. it was a like, good one, but it was a surprise. It came out of nowhere. Let's see. Sabu at Double or Nothing. <laughs> well, he debuted... Uh... The week before. Well, yeah, that's there. what I meant. Yeah, that was a little, what the, what the heck? Yeah, I mean, out of nowhere, didn't really make a whole lot of sense, but it happened. No, it still doesn't. It did happen. It, I don't know what happened after that, because he never saw him again, but it happened. And my third one, which was, well, third in the list, but really, if I had to, this is the one I almost put. Carlito at Backlash, which is half because of the pop, because people went freaking nuts over it. But it was, I mean, I wasn't expecting it, so I don't know. But your answer is probably the most right. He got signed, too. Carlito did. Yeah, he hadn't debuted yet. Put him against Roman. I wouldn't hate it. He's jacked. (laughs) Yeah, he is swole. Moving to our next Scoopy. Um... Best promo slash segment. Um, this one took some consideration because, like, last year I remember the MJF promo. That was pretty, you know, like, clear-cut. That's probably the winner. For this one, I'm going more towards a segment. I don't know if we need to put those two categories separate, but just the tribal courts. Uh, last week's was 40 minutes, and I think the first one was like 30 or 35. Yeah. No segments in history have almost ever gone that long, especially to be as good as they are. WWE would not trust them with that amount of time if it wasn't just top-notch stuff. So I really enjoyed both. Um, You know... I I can go back and watch those. I think that's a lot of the tale that me and you kind of go by 
Will I go back and watch the show, promo, match, etc.? So I, I, I think those are very watchable, good stuff. And frankly, as we mentioned earlier, the Bloodline stuff is kind of setting the business on fire. Something to be said for that. Honorable mentions, uh, I got the Punk Return promo on the initial collision. I really enjoyed wow. it. Wow. You didn't think as highly of it. I thought it was fine, man. It's just when you're okay. So LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. Yeah. Agreed. LeBron James podcast. Well, of course. Yeah. Shouldn't be a debate actually, but okay. So if we're comparing LeBron James currently 2023 Lakers, LeBron 39 years old, you compare him to 28 year old LeBron 2013 at the peak of his powers. You can't, that's not really a fair comparison. I mean, he's still he's still great. Don't get me wrong, but he's not that guy anymore. You know, I see your point, but I don't know. I like the little jabs here and there, and I thought it was like one of his better promos in AEW, personally. Oh, I don't know yet. He's had better promos. He's had better promos, but I think it was one of. <laughs> That's one of. Okay, all right. Agree to disagree. Uh, lastly, the two other honorable mentions. I got Danielson before Revolution and the Don Callis promo from a couple weeks ago where the fans were just booing him out the building. And I'm sure you probably got something I'm forgetting. Yeah, I went, I went with a classic promo here, man. I didn't go with a segment. I got... I don't know if you remember this promo, but it really... I this is probably my favorite of the year. It was Cody Rhodes in the lead up to WrestleMania. I believe it was the March 13th episode of Raw. He just got finished with a match. And it, do you remember the promo where he was like, um, uh, Mr. Heyman always talks about uh, acknowledging Roman Reigns. I do acknowledge you, but damn it, you have to acknowledge me. You remember that, man? Oh, yeah, because he I remember me and you talked about it on the pod and I was like, dude, he's jacked because his veins were all popped out because he had just wrestled. It was an impassioned old school yell at me promo and he cut it right after a match and it felt it felt like it felt like he was talking. You know, it didn't feel like he was just reading from a script, which I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did read from a script, but I don't know, man, how he delivered the promo really stood out to me and uh it was probably the best in ring just him promo the best of this year you know what i'm saying man not a segment but just you know old school microphone in hand him the audience and he just gets what what he has off his chest you know yeah no full no like outside interference or shenanigans nobody, just a straight up nobody interrupted him yeah, nobody interrupted him. It was just him. And the fans went ballistic for the promo. I did forget about that one. And it it does it definitely deserves its seat at the table, I think. Cause I'm not big on Cody, but I will admit that lead up to WrestleMania, because Roman wasn't there a whole lot. I was very into that match and that story, and Cody led the way. So Definitely, he deserves a nod for best promo this year. 
they left a lot there though. They can if they do go back to this, which I think they would. Uh, I think they still got a lot to talk about. You got any honorable mentions? Uh, just what you said, man. I agree. the The ones you said were pretty, pretty, um, pretty memorable too. But I just got the podium. I'll say this too: the Bad Bunny promo, which it was all in Spanish, so I don't really know, know what he said, <laughs> but. I just, that one kind of stuck out to me because it was on the announce table and everybody went crazy. And that time right there with Backlash was like. That was good. Yeah. That all of those shows right then were probably some of my favorite of the year. Yeah. Bloodline stuff is always great, though. Got to got to preference that. Yeah. Moving forward, most extreme moment of the year. I don't have any honorable mentions, and this one kind of took me a minute to dig, so I'll just Mm. go ahead. Tiger Driver 91. Forbidden Door, Osprey dropping Kenny straight on his head. Yeah. That was probably it. Maybe MJF Tombstone off the top rope to Danielson. Because, obviously, we all know about Danielson's head injuries, so why in the world he would think to take that bump? But, I don't know. That was just the one when I heard most extreme moment, or when I read most extreme moment, it jumped off the page at me. I got um, I got one honorable mention here. I got Logan Paul and Ricochet almost oh <laughs> The Spanish fly, and Logan Paul land directly on his head. Yeah, that was... That was pretty wicked, man. Uh, Because I, I remember I was watching the pay-per-view for PLE. I was watching the PLE, <laughs> and I don't, you know, there's not, not a lot of stuff that I, like, audibly say, Jesus Christ, at while watching wrestling. But that that move and the landing of Logan Paul, I legitimately thought he broke his neck. Like, he's lucky, man. That they, he's lucky he didn't die. Cause that could have went really, really sideways, and it did. It did go sideways, but yeah. it's a a little, little bit of a recency bias, though. But uh, for the number one most extreme moment, and I just went with botches here, man. But <laughs> I got Dante Martin snapping his leg with that. Um, what 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 was that movie? Took the Canadian Destroyer, Penta. Yeah. yeah, that was crazy. Like there was no way I would ever agree to take a bump like that. Like, that just looks like it was destined for disaster. And it was, because it snapped his leg now. Yeah, you, again, you always whoop me on the memory freaking <laughs> contest or whatever that we have here. <laughs> yeah, honestly, probably that sunset flip would be it, because it was like off a ladder through two tables. And the Logan Paul one definitely deserves a nod. My wife, who, I mean, she enjoys wrestling when it's good and she'll sit there and watch it with me, but she's not just like going to search it out on her own, I guess. Uh, she, <laughs> when I was getting back into it was kind of like, why do you go like, Ooh, when they do stuff or like, Ooh, she was like, it's fake. Yeah. She made that noise at that Logan Paul ricochet thing. Cause yeah. he almost died. <laughs> so yeah. it definitely deserves a nod. I think, again, you're probably right with that two-table Penta spot, but, uh, God, it makes me wince thinking about it because I just have that picture of his snap leg burnt yeah. into my mind. 
could have went horribly wrong, bro. He could have, he could have broke his neck, honestly. Yeah, had he not rotated enough, I think it probably went too much. He rotated too much. Yeah, <laughs> it probably went one of the worst ways that it could have. He could have just had a stinger, but yeah. Now, speaking of the stinger, he probably deserved. Oh a god! <laughs> oh god! Didn't he bust one of his teeth out? Yeah, he broke his tooth. Yeah. Bro thought he had hops. Like he was too far out. Even Taz said, hey, he's too far out. <laughs> yeah. He thought he was doing that stinger splash and it was 1995 <laughs> all over again. Thought he was surfer sting for a second. I love sting, but come on now. <laughs> you should have known that was a far <laughs> jump. You too over that sting. Come on now. You're a legend. Sit down. Let's just ride it out. You you said you got to the end of this year. Let's just ride it out. Not do anything too crazy. And, you know, fight Goldberg at Wembley. Nah, I'm just playing. Uh, let's, let's move on, though, so we can, you know, stop turning my stomach at these nasty botches. Best heel slash face turn. Hmm. I think we might agree on this one, but I'll hold, <laughs> I'll hold my answers until you answer. So go ahead. All right. Um. Oh, my honorable mention first. I got Phil Brooks turns heel on the IWC. I is it me or is his reactions a little different since he's came back? Definitely not unanimous babyface. I'll say that, especially in Toronto area. <laughs> yeah, man. I think he's alienated a part of his fan base with all the. The the online feuding with the Bucks that he's he's done had I I just I think that he's done he's basically turned himself heel online man like wouldn't you agree Micah hold on I accidentally threw my mic. <laughs> <laughs> you crossed the room now, man. <laughs> I had my legs crossed, and the mic was like sitting in my lap on this little table, and I like tried to move my legs, and the mic just flew. I don't know if you heard that, like Bing Bang Boom, <laughs> while you were talking, but I just heard silence. <laughs> yeah, no, I like chucked it basically. Uh, what was it again? I'm sorry. Oh, Look, CM Punk turns heel on the IWC, man. He's definitely not where he was before he left, but I, it's weird. In, where were they last week? Regina. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. He was pretty much unanimously a babyface. Forbidden well, Door, like, they hated like him. There was like 400 people there. Well... <laughs> Those four hundred people liked it. Yeah, they made noise for him. Did you did you see that clip where uh, he said this match with Samoa Joe is the biggest of my career? And then the fan just said, No, it's not, shut up. No, I didn't see that. <laughs> but, it was like only there was only fifteen people there. So you could hear nah, come on <laughs> At first you said a thousand, then you dropped it to a hundred, and now we're at fifteen. <laughs> you just downplaying AEW. Well. What I do. The shoe fits, huh? It's my gimmick, man. Anyways, 
I agree. Yeah, I, I can see your point there. Punk Punk in the IWC kind of tarnishing his image. That may be a little last year, but I don't think he's helped it with the whole calling Moxley out with the whole Rocky and then, Five thing. Bro, isn't it? <laughs> okay. And then the um, the first promo, man, he said, you know, I apologize. I apologize that there's there, you're the soft... What what, do you, what what was the line about being soft? That's the only thing softer. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing softer than you is the wrestlers that you worship, or something like that. Man, come on. That um, I'm sure that didn't sit too well with the the elite fan base out there. Good. <laughs> they can take it, cry themselves to sleep because they don't have anybody oh. to wipe their tears for them. Jeez. Okay. Uh, and then my my number one man is um. Jey Uso turning on Roman Reigns, finally siding with his brother and officially kicking off the Bloodline Civil War storyline. Uh, that whole segment was great. Jey Uso, it felt like he was, it felt like he was actually speaking, which I love in promos. I don't like when it feels like prepared statement. It felt like it was real. And um, in the end, he said, you know what? Jimmy, you're out. And then he dropped the the money line, and I'm out too. And he super kicks Roman, and Roman sells it like death. The crowd goes nuts. They super kick solo, and then Roman gets up one more time, distraught, yelling at the Usos, and they drop him with a double super kick. Money. What what Triple H call it? Cinema? Great, man. That was probably the best the best face turn of the year. And I would say Sami Zayn probably deserves a little shout out for turning on Roman, but I don't know. I feel like Sami was babyface this whole entire time he was in the bloodline. So I, I couldn't put that at number one, but it definitely deserves a shout out because that did happen this year. You just blew my whole load. Oh man, that was you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had Sami at number one just because. I feel like that kind of, uh, I don't know, personally, it kind of started moving stuff online and people started paying a lot more attention to the bloodline. To me, when that happened, uh, the pop at Royal Rumble, when that happened, obviously there was more people there than there was at, you know, where the Usos turned. But, I don't know, man, that pop is like, you can, especially with the bloodline stuff, I don't think anything else has done this in a long time, <laughs> but this is what I can remember, and it happens like so many times with bloodline stuff. The crowd yeah. gets so loud that you hear like the mic vibrating. It's so loud in there. It happened yeah. with the Sammy turn. It happened with the Jay turn. It happened when Jay turned on Sammy way before what, J- Jay Jimmy. turned. Jimmy. Jimmy turning on Roman at um in Saudi Arabia. Yep. So again, I mean, Dagon, we might as well name this the Bloodline Show, or that's what they should name SmackDown. But yeah. it, it's one A, one B to me. I definitely see your point. Um, and I, you know, we both hit on it, so I'm not really gonna elaborate much further because you've said everything that needed to be said about both of them. Uh. The only other honorable mention I had was Don Callis, just because 
the reaction he's getting now is one of the bigger reactions on AEW. So I think he deserves his flowers. I don't hate Don. I don't hate Kenny. I really just don't like the Bucks. And Don and Kenny by themselves are okay. Keep for yourself. Best feud. I think we can both narrow this one down pretty quickly. Oh, I don't know. Like, we might might uh might disagree on this one. Yeah, because I ain't got no honorable mentions. It's blanket state limit. State limit. Okay. Oh, hold up now. <laughs> you gotta add that one to the book next to uh hey Itis. Uh, the bloodline. I mean, come on. <laughs> I you can say Sammy versus Roman or the Usos versus Roman, but I would just say the bloodline feud as a whole. Whatever they're doing's great. If it's Sammy, if it's Jay, if it's Cody, whatever the bloodline is feuding with. You can even include the Sammy and KO versus the Usos. It's hard to pick between those, and all those, I would say, are one A, B, C, D, E, however many you want to go to. But that's all I got for Best Feud. I'm going to hit you with a curveball here, man. Uh, Because I wouldn't... See, I went with Best Singular Feud, and the Bloodline's been feuding with a lot of people. So I did. I didn't go with the bloodline. I, I that was my honorable mention. The Civil War storyline of the uh, bloodline. So uh, Jimmy and Jay versus Solo and Roman. I got that as one of my honorable mentions. But what took the number one spot for me is Dom and Ray, man. Father versus son. Uh, tale as old as time. Uh, I was thoroughly sports entertained by all their segments together. They had a pretty underrated match at WrestleMania together. One of my and, matches of the year. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, Dom's doing some. He actually is in a higher position coming out of that storyline, which I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have predicted, but he's been doing well. So I have that as my number one spot, man. Ray versus Ray versus Dom. If if I had to pick individual, I would say the Civil War, but. Number two, and definitely deserves his flowers, is Ray versus Dom. Because, again, one of my matches of the year, like you said, great story. Especially yeah. with the fact that Dom and Eddie and Ray like had a thing back in like 2004. Yeah. That just <laughs> added to it. The entrances at Mania, especially, I almost put on here for best promo, but it was kind of best more segment. Bad. So I yeah, wasn't more sure where angle. to put it. Yeah. Yeah. The SmackDown right before Mania where like Dom goes over to his mom and does something and Ray slapped him and it was the first time Ray had ever hit him. It was great. So, yeah, yeah, I can agree with you on that one for sure. Yeah. Most memorable moment. I got a couple of these, um, but I'll Mm. let you go ahead and go first because there's one that sticks out to me and I really wonder if you're going to say it. Oh man, bro! What did you say earlier? We should just name this show the Bloodline Show. Yeah, we we back at it. Um, and you touched on it earlier, so I don't really have to dive deep. But I just start my honorable mention. I got Roman gets pinned finally, and it's by Jay Uso. I was shocked when Jay Uso pinned Roman Reigns. Well, this is the first pin he's taken since 2019. 
And he took it to Jay Uso, man. And, you know, I was fine with it because they built up Jay in this whole bloodline civil war. I think it called for Roman finally taking a, a pinfall loss. And he did it at the Money in the Bank. So I got that as a uh, honorable mention for uh, most memorable. And uh, number one, you hit on earlier, Sami Zayn makes his choice and finally plants the chair and Roman Reigns is back. And uh, yeah, man, the that was that was some great stuff at the Royal Rumble. Wholeheartedly agree. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. All of those are honorable mentions, and I got two more as honorable oh. mentions. Oh. Uh, the Sammy KO win at WrestleMania with them hugging in the ring, the confetti, great way to end night one. Was Roman retaining at WrestleMania? That was really mm. memorable to me because it's like, well, crap, where do they go now? And obviously, like you said, Sammy's face turn, Roman being pinned. But my most memorable moment, and I was kind of shocked you didn't mention it, the Bad Bunny pop at Backlash. That was great, yeah. That was a great pop. The video, it was on like every social media app I opened for a week. Not even from just WWE or like fans. I'm not like Sports Center was posting this stuff because the the pop was so huge. And I mean, he's a global superstar, most listened to artist in the world or maybe top five now. I don't know. But I don't know, man. It was just crazy. Everybody's singing his song. I know everybody does that now because they sing. It felt like a concert. It felt like a concert, man, when he came out. Yeah. I mean, the people were like jumping up and down. And it wasn't like, oh, you can kind of hear them singing the song. Like, no, they were the entire arena was singing Bad Bunny's song. And I loved how commentary just laid out. They yep. didn't say anything. They just let the moment speak for itself. And the camera work they had was pretty iconic, too, man. I like how they uh, shot that. The back shot where he's yeah. just walking into it, crazy. Yeah. So that's my moment of the year. But I definitely understand, like you said, Bloodline Show I mean, shoot, they made four <laughs> honorable mentions on my list. That's, it's just the best thing right now, by far. Yeah. I think this one will be quick, because I think we could both agree. Best pay-per-view of the year. I'll go ahead with my two honorable mentions. Backlash and WrestleMania Night 2. Mm-hmm. Really, really enjoyed Backlash. Like, I could sit down and play that pay-per-view right now and thoroughly enjoy it. The Bad Bunny match was good. Brock and Cody was solid. Uh, the Rhea-Zelina match, which I was thinking, not going to be anything great. Really good. Um, Dom versus... Ray. Ray, again. Uh, good stuff. Wait, Carlito. Oh, was... wait. Dom versus Ray on night two. No, nah, no, nah, that was on night one. No, no, no. I'm talking about backlash. Didn't they? Oh, wasn't okay. it Dom and Ray versus. Uh... Nah, they didn't Who have a match. It? Nah, they didn't have a match. They came out during the uh, Priest and uh, Bad Bunny match. Mm. Yeah. Well, anyways, backlash all around. One of my favorite pay-per-views of the year. 
And I yep. could quickly remember that. So that says something. Night two, really good, in my opinion, all up until maybe the final match, which the Roman Cody match was really good. I just didn't love the finish, but it had Sheamus versus Gunther versus Drew. Um, mm. Which match of the year candidate? Hate to spoil mm. that one for you. Um, yeah. You know, I'm blanking now. Ray and Dom was night one. Night two had uh, Omos or Omos versus Brock. They had that. Uh, what does they have? Um, they had that weird tag match with the ladies. They lasted like three minutes. Uh, what up? Uh, was Theory Cena night one? I think that was night one. Yeah, it opened up. Uh, what was the night two? Drew, you said Drew Gunther. I could have told you last, you know, when I wrote this list, but now. Um, it was a it was a small card, but I liked it. Edge versus Balor, Snoop Dogg <laughs> versus The Miz. You know, maybe this oh wasn't god. as good as I thought. Oh my god, no, that was the funniest moment of <laughs> my memorable moment. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was the funniest moment of the year. Shane oh tearing god. both his quads. <laughs> the McMahon family curse. Stephanie better watch out, man. All the heels she's wearing. Yeah, I might take night two off. Uh, but oh, my man. final, well, uh, maybe I don't know. Like, my final be all end all WrestleMania night one. Come on. Yeah. And you, I mean, it was it's hard to beat that, man. Yeah, the the theory Cena match was, you know, it was it was there. Rollins and Logan Paul had a pretty underrated match. I thought that was one of Logan Paul's best match. Um, it was fun. Yeah, it was it was good, man. Uh, they had a memorable moment with KSI coming out in the prime mascot costume. They had that. Uh, yeah, man. It, oh, Logan Paul had a zipline entrance, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what else we had? We had Braun Strowman, uh, Ricochet, and the, that tag match. You know, that was a uh, was chaotic. Good. It was okay. It was fine. And Ray and Dom, that was yep. a really, really good match. Had a great story. Charlotte and Rhea, I mean, come on now. Should have been five stars, man. A five-star women's match. Charlotte Flair and Rhea. Rhea had probably her best match on the main roster against Charlotte that night. And it had Our very mama. little story. Yeah, it had very little storyline, but it delivered in the ring, man. Uh, and then, of course, the Usos versus KO and Sammy. And we talked on that. We talked that. Talked about the match earlier. I mean to say. So I mean, there's not a lot you can say what was wrong with night one. Night one was almost as perfect as perfect can get for a wrestling card. It was tight. It was only three and a half hours. And uh, when it was over, you were excited about the next night of wrestling. Yep. And the biggest stage of them all. I don't yep. know. I mean, I. Y'all came over and watched it. Or I say y'all. You came over and watched it, and my brother, and you know, we just had a good time. And I remember being really excited for night two because night one was really good. Yeah. So. And then, and then, uh, and night two happened. <laughs> and they crushed us. Was that your pick, uh, also, or do you have another one? Uh, number one was uh. WrestleMania night one and honorable mention was a uh, backlash. Like you said, great, great night of wrestling backlash was. Well, great month. Think alike. 
or broken clocks right twice a day. <laughs> what do we got? Moving on, women's rising star. This, this was hard. <laughs> this was hard. <laughs> this is the only thing I took a while to decide. And I'm not even sure about the ones that I have. I had to go look at a roster page, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you yeah. go first. All right. Uh, honorable mention, and I know you are going, You, I know you should have disagree with this, but <laughs> I got Maxine Dupree as a, <laughs> my oh, honorable mention. Oh, come on now. <laughs> no, whoa, hear, hear me out. Hear me out. You hear that pop she got last week? He's had one yeah. match. It doesn't matter. The fans are invested, and they had a surprisingly entertaining segment on Raw on Monday, and the crowd did not, you know, crap all over it. They were actually pretty excited to see it, and they were chanting, and they did all Gable's catchphrases, and they cheered Maxine on. I, they, Man, you know what? I'm going with Maxine. She has potential. She's yeah, yeah, she's attractive. Um, uh, and yeah, that's yeah. Uh, my honorable mention. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. All right, and uh, I got my number one. I got a uh, got Willow and Nightingale. It's uh my only AEW winner tonight, actually. <laughs> but yeah, she's been um, she's been she ain't bad, man. I can see her doing. Great thing. She's been used more on the show the last couple months. So yeah, I got Willow as a uh, my women's rising star. You know, I didn't include her, but I really do like Willow. Um, she's very white meat baby face, obviously, but it kind of plays into it. She's really smiley. Um, kind of, I guess, how like Raquel is or whatever. Except you know, Willow don't show off her back. Um, but I mean, she got a win over Sasha Banks in New Japan, so there's something to be said for that. Obviously, it yeah. wasn't the original plan, but still, if you take it at face value, she got a win over Sasha Banks. She's been featured more, and she seems more legitimate to me than most women's wrestlers. So I like that pick. I'll put her on my honorable mentions. I didn't have any original honorable mentions, and I guess maybe me and you took this a little differently. I had Chris Statlander slash Rhea Ripley, and here's why. Statlander, I think, has kind of been established, but I think she's hotter now than she's ever been. She's the first lady to ever dethrone Jade, so there's something to be said for that. Her numbers and the ratings don't dip as much. I think she's believable. And the fans seem to care about her and her new character. So we'll see where she goes. And again, she's more believable. I may have already said that. Rhea, on the other hand, it's hard to say rising star. But at the same time, I feel like she's at her peak right now. And I also Mm. feel like she's still gaining well yeah she's at her peak but what i'm saying is is like there's room to improve she's still gaining momentum 
And to be included with the men's storylines, not as necessarily a valet, but like as a legitimate, like, oh, okay, I might she's, need to back off from her. Yeah, There's she's treated as an equal. She's treated as an equal in Judgment Day. And the Judgment Day is the top act on Raw right now, man. So you can see where I'm going with that. I know she's kind of established, but I think her stock is still rising. Yeah. So, yeah, we did go in two completely different directions. <laughs> yeah, because you went with more like never won a title, never really yeah. done like a whole lot, but... Almost, almost about to break out. Yeah. So, I don't know. But again, I think all of the picks are good. Maybe it's like Maxine, but we'll move on. Oh, come on. <laughs> Men's Rising in. Star. Look, I liked her with the Maximum Male Models. <laughs> are we back on? Okay. <laughs> hey. Bring them back. <laughs> Have her turn on Alpha Academy and bring back the male uh, the male models. Bro, just merge Alpha Academy and the Jabronis and NXT together because they pretty much have the same gimmick right now. <laughs> the Creed Brothers? No, not well. Yeah, them. But uh, what is it? Um, Andre Chase University. <laughs> Chase oh U. yeah. Bro, they're doing the same thing. <laughs> it's literally the exact copy of it. Well, maybe they that. get called up and they'll see, you know, it'll be like Alabama and Auburn. Okay. Oh, okay. They got a beef. All right. Yeah. I hate it. The Iron Bowl. <laughs> have, it, <laughs> have it go off at WrestleMania. I'd be entertained. I don't know that I would. But anyways, <laughs> Men's Rising Star is up next. I got a couple here. This one was... a. A lot harder than I thought it was going to be because I was kind of picking between two. But <laughs> another two definitely deserve their flowers to me. So for honorable mentions, Dominic Mysterio, I think he's still gaining heat. He's still getting better in the ring. He just had a match with Cody. He's good enough as a heel that he can lose and not really lose any heat because he's just got that punchable face. He's a rotten, spoiled brat kid. So I think Dom is still getting better. Yeah. Rock hard. He has been on every show of Collision, wrestling, pretty good matches. Yeah. And he, I want to say, has 90 minutes of wrestling time on collision total. And I think the next highest person might be like around 30 or something like that. But yeah, he's been the most featured person on collision. I think maybe Punk has taken a liking to him. I didn't really know anything about him before he got to collision. Did you, Um, um, you used to watch NXT back in the day, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I remember him from that. I just meant as rock hard juice Robinson, the character, I think it's yeah. hotter now than it ever has been. And I think his stock is going up. Hey bro. I, if he brought back the, the hippie thing he was doing in NXT, I think that would get over it, man. <laughs> like I really enjoyed that. I could see it, especially with the AW audience. I think it works better there where it's more, uh, Adult, can you hear my dog drinking again? <laughs> oh, is that what that is? <laughs> okay, I'll take that as a yes. Yeah, he is back there putting it down. Yeah, he thirsty. 
All right, well, now he's done. Anyways, sorry about that slight interruption. Um, I don't know. Uh-huh. I, I kind of like, pause. I kind of like this <laughs> Juice Robinson gimmick. I think he's really getting into it, and he just, I don't know. He seems legitimately a little loose in the head, I guess. I yeah. don't know. I really like it. And great. Now the other dog's drinking. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get these other two in real quick. And I think you're going to have these as well. And I'm going to let you go ahead. LA Knight is the other honorable mention. And my number one men's rising star is Damian Priest. Obviously, because he just won the money in the bank. And I really enjoy his stuff. And I'm going to mute it real quick. Okay, man. Uh, You know, my... I only got one honorable mention. Because... Like you said earlier, we went with two completely different directions here. But I'm going to go with um, oh, um, Takeshka. Takeshka? Yeah. That guy. The Japanese jabroni on AEW television. He's with Don Callis now. He's doing some good work. Uh, his in-ring stuff has never been a question. But now he has something to actually sink his teeth into with the Don Callis and the Blackpool Combat Club and the, uh, the elite guys. He's He's involved with them, so yeah, he's got a storyline now. I think he's uh destined to break out in uh the old old all elite wrestling in the next year or two. And uh number one, man, it's gotta be it's LA Knight. Where he started the year and where he is now is completely night and day, man. He got himself over like to a to a major degree in the last six months. I, I heard that he was in the top three merchandise sellers for the month of June or July. And, Matt, you just look at his reaction at Money in the Bank. People were booing the hometown guy, Butch, in the Money in the Bank ladder match over L.A. night. Like, it, it was just crazy, the reaction he's getting on a weekly basis. And just the MSG show that they just had on Friday, man. He came out before the show started and got one of the biggest reactions of the night. Like, L.A. Knight is destined to do bigger things in the next year or two. And you know what? I'm, I kind of, at first, I didn't understand why they put it on, put, gave the Money in the Bank briefcase to Damian Priest and not L.A. Knight because I thought it was all tailor-made for him. But I re- he doesn't really need it. I mean, he's over right now without the briefcase. And I think he's going to be world champion material very soon. So, yeah, man, I got L.A. Knight as uh, my men's rising star. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I honestly am shocked that I left Takeshita off the list um, because I really do like him a lot. Now that he's got a mouthpiece, I think things are, you know, looking up for him, like you said. L.A. Knight is a solid pick. He was my guy until I put Priest just because I've actually seen Priest win something and they have yet to, you know, kind of really get behind L.A. Knight. Now, Triple H said that Money in the Bank thing, you know, patience is a virtue or whatever. So I'm sure it is coming. Um, But I've really gotten a liking to Priest this year. Before, I was just kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. But he he just kind of seems to me like this new age Undertaker. Obviously, the gimmick is way different. But I just mean this kind of big guy, 
You can always put him out there, and he's going to have a good enough match. Um, he looks the dark, uh, cult, heelish part, and he plays the big man well, good on the mic, has a man's voice, yeah, and he looks menacing. He passes the airport test, which you always talk about. So I, I just really like Priest. L.A. Knight, yeah. definitely 1B, because... I mean, he was doing the freaking Mountain Dew match at the beginning of the year, and now he's like in conversation to win the world title. So, yeah, I just think his stock rose more in the last six months than Priest because Priest they they gave him the U.S. Championship a couple of years ago, man. I, you know, he's been around for a while in the main roster. I, I think L.A. Knight, what he's done in the last six or seven months is probably unheard of, man. Just getting that type of re- as a mid card act, he's getting Daniel Bryan twenty thirteen reactions. Man, it's like it's crazy, and it's not even the booking that's done him anything. It's just a couple little things oh. here and there. It's like the catchphrase really caught on, yeah. and people started to like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, man. It's, uh, people love the channel along with stuff, and. I don't know. I, I hope things do go good for LA Knight because he deserves it. And I mean, even now I've seen more stuff like in TNA, he, he seemed to be getting a good crowd reaction. In NWA, he seemed to be getting a good crowd reaction. So this guy can do this stuff. Just give him, you know, give him the leash and let him run with it. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's because he's old. He's 40. He's. You know, you can't invest in a 40-year-old. Bro, 40-year-old, 40-year-olds now in wrestling give you about 10 more years. Look at Jericho. Mm -hmm. That's probably not good. That's probably not a good comparison. (laughs) But AJ Styles, he's what, 46? He still looks pretty good, man. He, I mean, maybe he's a step slower, but, I mean, AJ can give you a good three, four more years on, on top. He gave you seven already in WWE, which is crazy to think about. But, yeah, man. And Damian Priest is a month older than L.A. Knight right now. So I don't want to hear anything about the age thing. See, that's what I didn't know when I was watching Money in the Bank. And I was like, when that when I saw Priest win, I wasn't necessarily upset. But I was like, I don't understand why they wouldn't put it on L.A. Knight. And then I looked at the age because I was like, well, I guess maybe because he's old or whatever. And I looked at L.A. Knight was 40. And then I looked up Priest's age and I was like, He's the same age, so why are they going to invest in him and not L.A. Knight? But maybe they're just waiting because they already got plans, and L.A. Knight kind of got over against their plans, so now they're thinking of ways to factor him in. Yeah, and it would be easier for Priest to hold that money in the bank on Mondays than it would for L.A. Knight to hold it on Fridays when you got the bloodline stuff going on. And You and I both know L.A. Knight ain't beating Roman Reigns no time soon. Yeah. So maybe maybe it was the right decision to uh, put the money in the bank on Priest and let him do his thing with the Judgment Day guys because they are the the most overact on Mondays. So give him something to do with the money in the bank. Yeah, and I think you really did just kind of sum it up. You brought up a point to me that I didn't think of that like the Bloodline stuff's gonna be on. SmackDown, so you don't want to involve LA Knight in that to make it worse. Yeah. People will start cheering his name through uh, Bloodline segments. I I really believe that. So, 
You know, maybe maybe it's okay that he didn't win win the bank, man. He we still got. I mean, maybe Royal Rumble. Who knows? I don't know. I I don't know. I think Cody's a lock for the Rumble, though. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. They could go in a lot of different directions. Why couldn't you just trade Cody to SmackDown? We'll see. Yeah. We'll see where they go. But I. I definitely think by the end of this year, our men's rising star will be L.A. Knight. I just think for now it's Priest, but by the end of it, I think L.A. Knight will be the obvious pick. Let me throw a prediction out because my last L.A. Knight prediction was bad because I predicted he was going to win Money in the Bank. But I think L.A. Knight beats Austin Theory at SummerSlam because it seems like Austin Theory's uh, program with Sheamus is over and he needs something to do. Going into SummerSlam, and I think LA Knight takes the title off of Austin uh, Theory. You turn an LA Knight face? He kind of already is, man. He doesn't, I mean, he doesn't act like a, a heel. He just does the same thing, but he just directs it towards other heels. Like, you, you remember that promo he cut on Logan Paul? Yeah, I was about to say that because Logan's technically a heel. So, yeah. Blurring the lines. Anyways, yeah. though, we're on to our last four, which are. Going to agree on this next one, and we kind of hit on it earlier. Unless you pull some, you know, crap out, no. you'll be like, no. well, do, do you remember this April 21st match? <laughs> uh, no. you, you know where we're going. Year. Yeah, go ahead. It's Rhea versus Charlotte. I don't even have an honorable mention to think of. Not at all. Oh, you didn't like Sasha versus uh, Hikaru Shida and Stardom, Micah? Well, call me Stevie Wonder because I didn't see it. <laughs> no, I don't think that happened. <laughs> well, whoever she fought at, was it Dominion or what's their big show? Was it Dominion? Whichever one Osprey and Omega were on. The, well, no, she only debuted there. Anyways, it's it's yeah. a one-horse race. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, not even putting it in a different distinction, I would put Rhea and Charlotte for probably match of the year, like top four at least, in my opinion. It's um it's battling out for that number one women's match of all time for me, man. Uh maybe I put Sasha versus Bailey at TakeOver Brooklyn one in 2015. Maybe I put that a little bit above this match is because that had a more of a story to it, but Charlotte gave Rhea a star-making performance, man. Like, the match that Charlotte and Rhea had was the match that Theory and Cena should have had. Like, a star-making performance. Like, Cena completely phoned it in, and Charlotte had her working boots on, and she probably had her best match with Rhea, man. And the crowd wanted to hate that match, too. Oh, of course. Bro, I remember some reports were coming out that, oh, this could be main event night one, and you know, there was a little bit of a backlash online that that shouldn't be the main event. And then they went out there and proved that maybe it's the main event. Yeah. Because I remember when we were watching it, like, I mean, I was paying attention, but I was kind of, uh, and the crowd yeah. was kind of uh, at the beginning. And then by the end of it, it was like, oh, my God, this might be the greatest women's match of all time. So, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think, and, and I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction. 
I don't think anything's beating this for the rest of the year. You can pretty much put this one as a lock. Yeah. For an official Scoopy. Absolutely. But. Mm. I'm interested to see your pick for the next one. Men's match of the year. I've got a couple honorable mentions. But I'm going to see if they match with yours. So I'll let you go first. Okay. Uh, Tough, man. It's tough. Because you know I'm a storyline guy. So a perfect match is great storyline. Great. Great in-ring stuff. Agreed. And. For my honorable mention, these things didn't meet both criteria. But for my honorable mention, I got Gunther versus Sheamus versus McIntyre. It was a great in-ring match. I just wasn't feeling the storyline, man. I mean, they were feuding for who should be feuding with Gunther. Uh, yeah, okay. So... You know, it, it was great in-ring. They beat the bejesus out of each other. You know, the chops you couldn't see through. The punches you couldn't see through. And Gunther looked like a beast by beating... Uh, did he did he stack him? Or did he just pin Drew? What no, I think... I want to say... He powerbombed. He powerbombed Drew onto Sheamus. And he yeah. pinned him. Wasn't it like that? Yeah, I think Drew, like, hit a... Uh, I think Drew hit the... Uh, Playmore onto Sheamus and then Gunther slid back in the ring and caught Drew like as he was about to go for the pin or whatever, hit him with the power bomb and did that. So it was kind of like he snuck in last minute and finished both of them off. Yeah, but it was it was great, man. Uh, a lot of a lot of stiff stiff strikes, man. Uh, if you like the strong style stuff, then you were in heaven watching this match. Uh, but I might. I know I'm digging my bag for this one, but I got Ilya Dragunov versus Dijakovic at um, NXT. What was what NXT was that? I believe it was the last NXT they did. I forget Red where American they went. Bash? Was it the Bash? Um, I, look, look that up real quick. But I'll Micah, say, I'll give you some Google machine. Yeah, yeah, look that up. But yeah, man, they they tore the house down. They had a just like what I said about the Gunther, Sheamus, and McIntyre match, you couldn't see through a lot of strikes. Ilya's a madman. And, um, yeah, man, it was a great last man standing match. And probably the best NXT 2.0 match ever. I mean, NXT 2.0 has only been going on for about two years now, but it felt like NXT black and gold. It felt like something you see at a takeover in like 2016 or something. Um, and for my number one, like I said earlier, the perfect match should be in ring and storyline. And um, it was Battleground. NXT Battleground. Okay. Yeah, it, that was a great last man standing match. But match of the year KO, Sami Zayn versus the Usos. Perfect. Perfect storyline. The first time a tag match is main event at WrestleMania in 38 years. They tore the house down. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, lifelong best friends, finally capturing the tag titles in the biggest company in the world. With two guys that look like that, it would bring a tear to your eyes, man. It was great. Best tag. It's probably my favorite tag match of all time. 
Definitely up there. Definitely up there one of the best ways to end a WrestleMania. Uh, kind of like Benoit and Guerrero at 20, which, I mean, obviously now is a little tainted, but then... Even now, it still kind of makes you sad because, like, you know, Chris loses Eddie, and then that within really three to Chris. Within three years, they're both gone. Yeah. And so, I, but I would put it up there with a really emotional ending to WrestleMania. So, I don't have any complaints with your list. We do differ in a couple things. I'll preface it with I haven't watched that Ilya match yet. I've been meaning to get around to it. I just haven't. He had a great match with Braun, apparently. It happened last night that I want to check out. He's, he's, man, he's, he's pretty good, man. I know he's small, but I kind of get like Darby vibes from him where mm-hmm. he like you I mean he lays his stuff in and his matches make sense. I don't know, man. I got high hopes for Ilya. I honestly I would like to see him and Gunther on the main stage at some point in time. Uh which I need to go and watch all those because again, I was out of the loop when all that stuff happened. So um I'm really shocked you didn't say the one that I have on my list. I've got a couple more than you, but I also have Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew. But for my honorable mentions, Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew, Ray versus Dom, which I was also kind of shocked you didn't mention. I don't, I really enjoyed the match itself. It was a little hokey because like hey. it had the spanking spot and stuff like that. But they got a big reaction to me. Yeah, and the entrances. Yeah. Uh, Usos versus Sammy and KO is also an honorable mention. Really liked it, but not my, you know, breadwinner. And lastly, Osprey versus Omega 2 at Forbidden Door. Not typically my cup of tea, but their first one was really good, but I had to pick one, so I like the second one better personally. See, I never got around to watching that one. <laughs> See, which is fine. It's the mid-year stuff. And we kind of like, hey, we coming back this week? Okay, you want to do an award show? Yeah, so like, uh, you know. And speaking of getting around to watching it, I just rewatched this match or oh. watched all of it, whatever. But my winner, oh. MJF versus Danielson, the Iron Man match at Revolution for the AEW world title. In my mm. opinion, the greatest Iron Man match of all time. I'm really shocked you didn't have it on your list at all. Well, I mean, it deserves a spot at the table, but I only went with one honorable mention. But yeah, man, it was a it was a great match. It kind of it didn't make my my list personally because I just didn't enjoy the storyline. But yeah, That's man, it, as a in ring match, bell to bell, not a lot you can not a lot of bad things you can say about the match. I mean, it kept your interest, which is something that's really difficult to do in an Iron Man match, especially a sixty minute Iron Man match. But they did, man, and they um. Probably MJF's best match, and definitely Brian Danielson's best match in AEW for sure. Yeah, I think both of those things are true. The only other MJF match I would even consider would maybe be his one against Darby at Full Gear Twenty One, and the one against Punk. But I mean, I'm also biased just because I really like the story and we were there live. Yeah, but yeah, I mean. A lot of people love Brett and Sean. I've been rewatching the Monday Night Wars, and a lot of people love Brett versus Sean at 12. It's good. Mm-hmm. 
It drags a lot in the middle because there's no falls. And the MJF Danielson stuff just did crazy stuff that you don't see very often without having to, you know, chop somebody's arm off with a chainsaw. The tombstone off the top row, crazy. Uh, the DQ spot where MJF low blow Danielson got two quick falls to tie it back up. The ending sequence where it goes to a draw, restart it, all that good stuff. Uh, they had me believing for a sec too with all the uh, when Daniel, I call him Daniel Bryan. Brian Danielson started doing the yes chance, which he's never done in AEW. They had me believing for a sec. Yeah, and especially the one, and I mean, like I said, I watched it after, so I knew MJF won, but. In that moment, I could see that I would have thought Danielson won because it was after it was during the sudden death. I think he hit him with a Busaiko knee or whatever, and I mean the crowd was just alive for Danielson, and that adds to it too. The crowd was up the whole time, like you said. So to keep your interest for sixty minutes, have a really good match, especially in an Iron Man match that has a bunch of classics already tied to the name. Hard to do. Personally, my favorite of the year. But by the end of the year, we'll see because there's a lot of ground left to go. And yeah. we both still need to watch some of the matches, honestly. Yeah. But we got two left. The two biggest categories. Once again, not final. Not the official Scoopies, but especially for the men's. I don't know that my mind is going to change by the end of the year, but let's go ahead and start with the women's women's wrestler of the year. So far, my two honorable mentions, Tony storm, because her matches have been pretty solid. Plus she's been champion for a good part of the year. The heel work at the beginning of the year with the outcast, did not like, but recently I feel like she's kind of turned a new leaf and it's been better. Um, my other honorable mention is Rhea Ripley. Mm. I would put her at one, but she just doesn't wrestle a whole lot. And she's more kind of, I guess, in the background with the Judgment Day stuff. So it's not really like her wrestling, nor is it her... I don't know, like, she's more in a Dom storyline than she is with her own storyline defending her own belt, to me. So my number yeah. one, which recently has kind of changed, but Bianca Belair, I still think, has mm. every right to be in the number one spot. She had a solid match at WrestleMania, solid match at Backlash, was still getting good reactions, kind of changing it up here. You know, you don't know if she's kind of a babyface or heel right now because of the stuff with Charlotte and Asuka. I don't know. I mean, just to me, I've enjoyed Bianca's work still this year, which is crazy because she was still my person from last year. Yeah, um, she was my honorable mention. I think she held the title way too long. So yeah. uh, towards towards the end there, it got a little stale. But yeah, her in-ring stuff is, has been really good all year, man, like you said. Uh, her promos are, you know, they're they're promos. They're nothing. She ain't the rock out there, but she gets big reactions, and the crowd loves her. Uh, but for my number one spot, man, I'm 
I'm actually going to disagree with you. I'm going with Rhea Ripley. I uh, feel like she's a featured, a very important featured part of Monday nights. And her matches with her match with Charlotte, uh, she had a really good match with Natalia a couple weeks ago, which probably not a lot of people saw. But that was okay. Um, you know, for me, man, I don't feel like she should be wrestling every week. She's a special attraction. So her not wrestling every week doesn't bother me as much. Um, I think she's the most overact as far as a, a woman in the entire company and entire business, actually. She gets the biggest reaction, man. She's getting bigger reactions than uh Becky at this point. Yeah. And, you know, I tried to look for somebody in, in AEW to give an honorable mention to, but, man, AEW's women's division, it's just been booked poorly all year. I mean, you have some good matches from – um. What's the what's the what's the British girl? The British Hater. British girl. Yeah, and yeah. I Hater. would put her, but she's been injured too, so I think that's played a fact in this. Yeah, Tony Storm has been doing some stuff with the Outcast that I haven't been a fan of, so I couldn't. She she's not gonna make my list, man. But yeah, Rhea Ripley is a woman of the year, in my opinion. That's justified. I. One hundred percent by the end of the year, I it will be Rhea, barring injury or an act of God, or somebody getting over like L.A. Knight from the women's division. It will be her, but to me, just right now, I think Bianca still holds the crown. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does, man. She's actually wrestles every week, and she has a lot of acc- accolades throughout the year. So yeah, man, I can see how you you go with that. And finally, men's wrestler of the year. And I really think we're probably going to have the same answer, but I'm, I'm interested to see what you say, but I'll go first. Or wait, no, I went first last time, so you go. <laughs> you on All field. right. Yeah, I, I think this is a – you know what? I'll just go with a, a couple honorable mentions. I got Gunther as a – one of my honorable mentions, man. He's had a very, very good year as far as in-ring stuff. And um, his IC title run is probably the greatest of all time. I don't think that's hyperbole at this point. He's about he's about to pass the Honky Tonk Man's record. So um, he's still undefeated. He hasn't lost on the main roster. Two match of the uh, year candidates for sure. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um yeah, every time he's in there, man, he it looks like he's in an actual fight, and you can't see through anything he does. So, uh, yeah, I got Gunther as my honorable mention, and uh, I'm gonna go give some love to the you know the boys across the street. I'm going with MJF as my runner-up. Very solid stuff. He's probably been the only thing watchable on the Wednesday night show since. Mr. Brooks took his ball and went home. And he kind of gets into a little bit of comedy stuff, a little too much for my liking, but he's still entertaining, whatever he does. His matches have been really good when he does wrestle, which isn't often. But yeah, man, MJF is uh, my second runner-up. And of course, come on now. We named it the Bloodline Show for a reason. Number one, we are throwing our ones up as we speak. Is one Joseph Anawaii, 
Roman Reigns. He is wrestler of the year. I don't care how many times he wrestles. He's still the biggest draw. And WWE is going through its hottest period in 20 plus years because of that man right there, Roman Reigns. And hot take, I'm going to say this and I'm going to let you go. I think Roman Reigns at his peak right now is a bigger draw than John Cena was at his peak. Just throwing it out there. If you like that take and you want to hear us elaborate on it more, join us next week. I'm We're running close to time, but that's a very interesting point, and I want to get some numbers, and we're going to have fun with that on next week's show because you're going to get a whole dialogue out of me right now, <laughs> and we're already two hours in, so I'll save it for next week. So make sure you join us next week. Is Roman a bigger draw than John Cena? I'm going to run through mine real quick because you got two of mine in the honorable mentions. Gunther, obvious. You already said everything that needed to be said. MJF already said everything that needed to be said. The other two, Omega, I think has had a solid year. He's trios champion. He's not my cup of tea, but he's had two match of the year candidates. Um, He's been pretty much a main eventer since he came back. He had a solid match with El Hijo Del Vikingo, if that's what you're into. It's not for everybody, but I think he at least deserves seat at the table, but I don't think he's number one by far. My official runner-up is MJF right under him. Maybe, I don't know. Him and Gunther is tough, this guy I'm about to say. Cody Rhodes... Oh, still a solid year. I know he didn't finish the story, but he's beaten Brock Lesnar. He won the Royal Rumble. He main evented WrestleMania and had a really good match. Had a solid match with Dom is probably going to have another good match at SummerSlam. And I imagine he's going to be factored in the rest of the year. Wrestler of the year. (laughs) Rest of the year. Getting late. Um... I don't think much more needs to be said about Cody. He's moving a lot of merch yeah, as well. He's, he's, he's the biggest baby face in the business right now, man. So there's something to be said for that. But go ahead and throw your ones up. I said it last year. I'll say it again. And I don't think he's moving by the end of the year. It's Roman Reigns. Yeah. Biggest draw in wrestling. Moving the most merch, best storyline in wrestling. All these awards went to the bloodline. I, who's at the center of the bloodline? Roman Reigns. Passed, he passed 1,000 days as world champion, which is uh, something that hasn't been done in 35-plus years. Past Pedro Morales. He's getting close to Hulk Hogan's uh, record reign. Man, it's just uh, he's on – what's his – I think his t- one of his t-shirts says greatness on another level. Uh, he's he's that right now. Yep. Probably going to be Hogan's reign if I had to guess. I'd have to look at the timeline, but he's probably going to beat it. And something that I think is going unsaid about Roman's reign, two things. He's the first <laughs> person since Punk to hold the WWE title for this long. The official no, well- WWE title. Whoa, 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 hold up. AJ Styles held it for a year, too. Yeah, but Punk was 434. 
That was the longest right. in modern era. AJ Styles held it for a whole year. Yeah, but give him his a year and a half. Well, okay. Oh, I, okay. I like AJ. No, went a, went a year and a half. Come on. Okay, anyways. <laughs> nitpicking. Nitpicking. And the last thing I want to say about Roman, because the only thing you didn't say, Roman has like five, four and a half star matches for Meltzer this year. Yep. So say what you want to, he don't wrestle a lot. When he does, it's major league, and he's convinced me and you to drive four and a half hours to go see him in like three weeks. He's convincing yeah. everybody else that there has to be, you have to be in that arena for SmackDown. There's one ticket available for the Orlando show. That's crazy, man. It, I'm telling, like, it's no debate. I'm sorry you can say, oh, he don't wrestle a lot. He don't have great matches. He only, you know, super punch, Superman punch, kick, whatever. Great match with Sammy. Great match with Cody. Hottest, you know, person in the entire industry right now is Roman Reigns. So, yeah, no debate. And you know what? Steve Austin didn't give you seven-star classics during the Attitude Era. He didn't need to. And he was in there, he was memorable, selling the most merch, he was uh, moving the most tickets, and he was drawing the highest ratings. So, we acknowledge in Roman. And I think we're going to keep it that way for the rest of the year. Most definitely. But anyways, we've acknowledged these mid-year awards for over an hour now and some other topics. It's our return episode. We're trying to get back in the saddle uh, but again, make sure to join us next week. One of our topics for sure is Roman Reigns a bigger draw than John Cena at his peak. I think it's definitely going to be an interesting conversation. Make sure to follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, wherever social media is. We probably are probably about to open up a Threads account. Um, <laughs> I mean, hey, you got to advertise somehow. There ain't a whole lot of podcasts on there, so we're going to be one of the first ones. Hey, I downloaded it, man. I'm ready to go. Really? I'm shocked. You ain't got a whole <laughs> lot of uh, social media, so for you to download it, that's saying something. I get got to get my burners ready, man. So you can talk to KD? <laughs> so I can dog anybody that buries the Scoop Slam podcast. Of that's right. But anyways, make sure to check us out there. Make sure to join us back next week, anywhere you get your podcasts. going to try and start uploading these maybe a week late to YouTube, but we'll see. As for me, as for Ryan, thank you for listening to the Scoop Slam podcast. Hope you have a great rest of your day.